Praise God. Brother Hilton, we want you to come tonight. And uh, Brother Goff was scheduled to preach, and he decided he just wanted to get sick instead. So, so uh, I guess he's sick of preaching. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I know he's listening online right now. We are praying that God would heal him and, and help him, amen, to feel better. Praise God. And so in his absence, it fell Brother Hilton's lot. And I, I told him last night at the banquet, I said, you know, I got to thinking you really need to preach while Andriana's here because she might as well just get used to having to hear you. And uh, praise God. And so I'm going to ask him to come. I want him just to obey the Holy Ghost. I love Brother Jared Hilton very, very much. I really do. What a help he is to me. And uh, I appreciate all that he does for the kingdom of God. Amen. I want you to come preach to me tonight. Take your liberty. God bless you. God bless the Truth Church family. I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. And I'm just looking forward to what the Lord is going to do in this service. You could tell he's already here. And no doubt he's come with a purpose. Amen. As I so often point out, I think every time I stand behind the pulpit. Because um, you know the reason why we feel what we feel in this place tonight is because sincere people with sincere worship is offering that up to God with you know unreservedly unrestrained and as we heard this morning God inhabits the praises of his people and so the presence of God is in this place because we came here and obeyed what we heard this morning we sent Judah first and and the power of the Holy Ghost is in this place tonight and um, I wouldn't have it any other way I, I don't want to go to a church where Judah isn't around. Amen. I I love, amen, to worship the mighty name of Jesus. There's nobody like him. Hallelujah. He's been good to me. He saved me. Brother Larson, he changed me. He's delivered me. Amen. I am so grateful, amen, to God for his mercy and his grace. Amen, for him allowing me to be in this place, even again this evening. Amen, if you have your Bibles, let's open up to Colossians chapter 4 and Ephesians chapter 5. And uh, while you're turning there, I will tell Brother Goff, it was a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago, where I was scheduled to preach, and Brother Goff um, so graciously filled the void, and... uh, but he had a lot less of a notice than I did. I think it was like the afternoon. But he was ready and able to, to fill the gap. And so I'm not going to be able to do as well as well as Brother Goff would have if he was in this, in this position tonight. But I will give it my best. And um, I want to say also thank you to Pastor for his confidence in me, asking me to fill the void here tonight. And uh, thank you to you church family for your faithfulness to the house of the Lord. Colossians chapter 4 verse 5. Just one verse of scripture and then we'll skip to Ephesians chapter 5. When you have it, say amen. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Redeeming the time. Everyone say redeeming the time. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15. In this first passage of scripture, scripture tells us, walk in wisdom, redeeming the time. And then in this next passage, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, see then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Walk wisely again, verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Everyone say, redeeming the time. Amen. I want to preach for just a few moments tonight on this subject, buying time. Let's lay down our Bibles and ask the Lord to help us. We need the grace of God. We need His anointing. We need His favor upon us tonight, church. Come on, let's reach out to Him. Hallelujah, Jesus. I love you. 
Savior. I know that if I try to do this, God, in my own ability, God, it's not going to do anything. But I'm trusting, God, that you will help me, God, to share what you have laid on my heart this afternoon. I'm asking for your help, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord for his presence, if you will. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You can sit down if you're going to help me tonight. Amen. Glad to see I have 100% participation. Amen. Redeeming in these two verses means to redeem by payment of a price, to recover from the power of another, to ransom or to buy off. To buy up for oneself or one's use. That's what the term redeeming means. I mean, in this particular context, Thayer's, uh, Thayer claims that the meaning is to make a wise and sacred use of every opportunity to do good. So that zeal and well-doing are, as it were, the purchase money by which we make time our own. Amen. We're not... Amen. Given, amen, time, that precious commodity for us to just spend as we will. Amen. But I submit to you tonight that, amen, the seconds, the minutes, the hours of every day of your life, amen, mean something. Amen. We ought to take care to redeem those precious moments. King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream in the Bible, and, uh, and, and the Bible says the dream troubled his spirit, so he called all the magicians and the astrologers, the sorcerers and the Chaldeans to interpret his dream. But there was a catch. King Nebuchadnezzar couldn't remember or account what the dream was. So not only were these men responsible for translating the dream or giving an interpretation to King Nebuchadnezzar of his dream, but they had to recall it for him. Amen. And so in Daniel chapter 2, verses 5 through 8, King answered and said to the Chaldeans, The thing is gone from me. If you will not make known unto me the dream with the interpretation thereof, you shall be cut in pieces, and your houses shall be made a dunghill. Amen. But if you show the dream and the interpretation thereof, you shall receive of me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and the interpretation thereof. They answered again and said, let the king tell his servants the dream and we will show the interpretation of it. King, you're asking us a really hard thing. If you would just tell us the dream, perhaps we could come up with an interpretation for you. And the king answered and said, I know of a certainty that you would gain the time. That was the phrase that he used. You would gain the time because you see the thing is gone from me. If you were a real astrologer, if you really, amen, had the power to give an interpretation, you would be able to uh, use your same power to interpret the dream that interprets the dream to recall it for me amen but what you're doing to me Chaldeans and astrologers and you uh, those the wise men of my kingdom you are just buying time you're just, you're just making excuses. You're just coming up with a, a reason just to elongate this process. Amen. So you're not cut into pieces and your houses converted into dunghill. The phrase gain the time is more familiar. I mean, in the, in our familiar vernacular, which would be buying time. The king was saying, you guys are just trying to buy a little time so you can devise a, a good lie to tell me. Amen. Here's what I'm trying to bring out of these few verses that when Paul wrote to the Ephesians, amen, when Paul wrote to the Colossians, he told them that they should redeem the time. He said, do exactly what these liars and these astrologers are trying. I want you to buy time. Amen. Church, amen. I'm not saying that we should lie and, and I'm just trying to use that as an illustration. Amen. We should use, amen, the time that's been given to us, amen, for expedient purposes. We shouldn't let it slip by us. We shouldn't allow the days and the weeks and the months amen to slip by us without giving them purpose and definition. Amen. We should make them our time. 
Hallelujah. I'm preaching to you about buying time. Amen. I don't know about you. Amen. But this precious thing called life, I don't want to end up one day 70, 80 years old and, and regret the time that's gone by. Amen. Once time has come and once time is gone, the only thing that's left are memories. Amen. They're good memories or they're bad memories. Amen. And I don't want to have those memories that I would regret. Hallelujah. Amen. Is anybody going to help me tonight? Hallelujah. Time is the one thing that everyone, everyone's life revolves around. How we spend our time is a good indicator of what is important to us. The wise man Solomon penned these words on this subject. Ecclesiastes 3 verses 1 through 8. To everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. I mean, everything that you do will take time. Amen, everything that you do will take time. Amen, and the time that we spend killing or healing is up to you. The time that you spend breaking down or building up is up to you. The time that you spend weeping or laughing is up to you. Amen, somebody hear me tonight. Amen, the hand on the clock of time never stops. Amen. We're all subject to that time and whatever you wish to accomplish in your life must be within the parameters of time. Some say that there's not enough time while others remark that someone may have too much time on their hands. Regardless of what type you are, when time is gone, you will never reclaim it. Amen. Authors tell of stories that involve a time machine or device that can transport an individual into the past or into the future. Amen. But I want to submit to you tonight, there has never been, there isn't, and there will never be, amen, an object or some machinery that can transport you, amen, into any given particular time because it would defy the laws that God has placed upon the universe. Amen. But we as humans would like to control our time. However, time is not destination or a location that we can arrive at or go from. Amen. This is all subject to our mighty God. He's given it to us as a gift. Oh, hallelujah. I'm talking about buying time. Hallelujah. Solomon goes on to talk in his passage about time, about the benefits, the good things of the labor of man. Amen. The good things we obtain in life. Amen. With the time that we're given are a gift from God. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 13. And also that every man should eat and drink. And every good thing. And enjoy the good thing of all his labor. Labor, It is the gift of God. I mean a few, a few years ago. I was privileged to go through Elder Howard's uh, minister's course. And what a privilege it was indeed. Amen. Elder Howard talked about the subject of time in that, pa- in that scripture, I mean, in, in that class. And he shared with us, amen, that uh, how time is such a commodity. And when we are asking individuals, pastor, to pay their tithes and their offering, what we're literally, what we're asking them to do is to, to give of their time. Those wages that are earned and given uh, to a church in terms of offering and tithing, Amen. Those, those offerings to the church and to God are a representation of their value of time. 
And we take, we don't take it lightly. When, when you offer, amen, a sacrificial gift to the church, amen, that is a return of the gift that God has given to you. Amen, your time is worth something. Before Jesus' crucifixion, he would not respond to Pilate's interrogation. This upset Pilate's ego, so he smartly remarked in verse 10 of John chapter 19, Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee? I have spent my time in such a way that I have obtained power. And I have the power to release thee. It's all in my hands, Jesus. I can choose with my time to crucify thee or to release thee. And Jesus responded and said, Thou couldest have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Pilate, the very breath that you're breathing giving you that time, is given to you from Almighty God above. And this power that you speak of, amen, is not given, is not obtained through your good deeds or good decisions, amen, but it is a gift from God. Amen, a title is not what life is all about, and our time isn't given to us so that we should achieve a good name and become famous or rich. But because Jesus said stuff is not what life is all about, he warned his disciples of this very thing. In Luke chapter 12, verse 15, he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Don't just spend your time Amen. Trying to obtain and lay a hold on things in this world and in this life. Amen. Because life doesn't consist of the abundance of those things. I'm here to preach to you tonight about using your time wisely. Amen. About buying time. Amen. Jesus told a parable. Amen. About the successful farmer in Luke chapter 12 verse 16. And he spoke a parable unto them saying... The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. Said this day, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow. This this man you can see as the Bible is describing for us the decisions that he's making. He has decided to take his time and tear down and then again to build up. Amen. Build greater. And there will there will I bestow all my fruits and all of my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much good goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, drink. And be merry. This is the decision that he made. There's going to come a day, soul, that when those barns, those little barns are torn down and the bigger ones are built up, that you can take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And then you can see what he's decided to do with his time. He spent all his time Amen. Tearing down and building up for himself. Everything that he'd worked for has paid their dividends. And now he's ready. Amen. To retire. But God had another plan. Luke chapter 12, verse 20, the very next scripture. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night, you didn't know what time would bring you. Tonight, thy soul shall be required of thee. All the time that you spent, rich man, tearing down and building up, all the time and labor that you have spent, it is about to be taken from you tonight. Amen, he must have forgotten that his time was a gift from God. What can the barns of grain do for his soul? Amen, it could make him merry here on earth, but When time is gone, full barns don't bring you any value. One day, Abraham was taking a walk with God and talking to him, and God began to let him know that time was up for a couple of cities, Sodom and Gomorrah. 
Genesis chapter 18, verses 20 through 21. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now. Now is the time I'm going to go down and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which has come unto me. And if not, I'll know. Interesting, interesting thing that the Lord is saying here. Amen. Genesis chapter 18, we read in the next few scriptures that Abraham knew about his, his kindred there in Sodom and Gomorrah. And if you know the story that when Abraham and Lot split up, Lot decided to pitch his tents towards Sodom and Gomorrah. And eventually, by this time, he had ended up inside of Sodom and Gomorrah. This is what he had chose to do with his time. There was a point in time where Abraham gave him the decision. Do you want the plains of Jordan? Or, or, or do, you want the, uh, do you want to pitch your tents near Sodom and Gomorrah? And of course, Lot chose to pitch his tents near Sodom and Gomorrah. And this is the result of it. We, the, the scripture that I just read in verse 20 and 21, how Sodom and Gomorrah were crying out and and uh, the Lord decided to go down. And then in verse 23 of that same scripture, we read about how Abraham began to negotiate with the Lord for some more time for, Abraham, for a lot. Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure there would be 50 righteous within that city. Wilt thou also destroy not the spare place for the 50 righteous that are therein. That be far from thee to do after this manner. To slay the righteous with the wicked. And that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Verse 26. And the Lord said. If I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city. Then I will spare all the place for their sakes. Verse 32. He goes on to negotiate. And in, the, in the meantime in these scriptures. But verse 32 said, and oh, let not the Lord be angry. I will speak yet, just one more time. Peradventure 10. 10. So we've come from 50. And if you read the scripture, he goes down 40 and 30. And, and by the time he's done, he gets to 10. And he says, is, is 10 there? If 10 is there, and, and the Lord responded and said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. I mean, Abraham bought Lot and his family some time. I believe that God would have honored Abraham's request had there been ten righteous in Sodom and Gomorrah. And there were two angels that God sent to Sodom and Gomorrah because their time was up. It was time to judge them. I believe in God's mercy he allowed Lot to buy time. As the angels came into town, Lot asked them to stay in his house so they wouldn't be defiled by the wicked men of the city. And Genesis 19 verses 6 through 7, Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after them and said, I pray you brethren, do not so wickedly talk to the people in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. And it was here that I believe that, that Lot used the time that Abraham had purchased to save his own life. Time is out. I mean, these angels are here amen, to extract Lot and his family from the city. In Genesis chapter 19, I want you to notice the, the references to time in this next portion of Scripture, these next two Scriptures. When the morning arose, there's a reference to time, then the angels hastened Lot saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed with the, in the iniquity of the city. Lot, it's a matter of time. If you don't hasten, if you don't hurry yourself up, your daughters and your wife will be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And then verse 16, he goes on to say, And while he lingered, he spent his time there. He lingered. The men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters. 
the Lord, being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. Amen. Lot once again made a poor decision. And when the angels were hastening him, he once again lingered and spent his time in Sodom and Gomorrah. And because of God's mercy, he reached down in the middle of a city, of a sin-stricken city, and said, Lot, I'm getting you out of here. And Lot's wife, I'm getting, because there was a man by the name of Abraham who was willing, amen, to buy some time. Hallelujah. 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 I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Church, I mean, we're going here in just a few moments, but I'll just uh, give you a sneak peek right now. There's, it's, time is wrapping up. Amen. There's not a lot more time. Amen. Apostle Paul said, perilous times shall come. Amen. I want to submit to you that we are living in those perilous times. And I want to warn the true church of Olathe and everyone that's listening, amen, that if you linger any longer in this whole world, in the Sodom and Gomorrah, amen, of this world, as it were, amen, then you, amen, will destroy your daughters and your wife, amen, you're going to go home and you won't recognize them for what they were, amen, you won't remember, amen, how beautiful and holy and glorious your home once was, amen, church, it's time, amen, to buy some time. Come on, let's talk to the Lord just for a moment. Come on, in God's mercy, He reaches down. He lays hold on our hands. It says, come with me. Don't linger any longer. Don't linger any longer. Hallelujah, 2 Peter 2 and 6, Scripture tells us, turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes. Condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly. He's saying that I'm going to use Sodom and Gomorrah as an example to those who afterwards would live ungodly. Hallelujah. I mean, I refer you to pastor's lesson just a few, I guess about a month ago, a little over a month ago at this point. Remember Lot's wife. I mean, there is a time in history that God had to reset time. In the days of Noah, Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, God saw the wickedness of man how it was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will, let me just stop here just for a moment. If we think that during the days of, no, the Bible says, uh, the Lord said, I am the Lord, I change not. And if in this passage, as we're reading the description of how wicked the world was and how that grieved the Lord. Don't you think the Lord is grieved with the way things are shaping up nowadays? Amen. I I'm telling you, church, time is about up. There's going to come a day, and I don't believe it's too soon. I don't believe it's, it's, it's going to be long before we hear that trumpet sound. Amen. We're going to be caught up to meet him in the air. Amen. And I want to submit to you that we ought to use this time that we have, amen, to make it. Amen. God saw the wickedness of man, how it was great in the earth, that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and, and the creeping thing. And the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Bible says all flesh was corrupt before God. Not one person was living right. Second Peter calls 
the world at this time ungodly in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 12, God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all, the, all flesh had corrupted his way on the earth. And, the, and God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. I mean, even then, God had mercy on the world, and, and they had time that they could have redeemed. Some speculate the building of the ark took a little over a hundred years. Even from the moment that God expressed that he would be judging the earth. I mean, there was a man that God had placed his favor on, that God had chosen and the Bible says that he preached righteousness unto them. Brother Miguel, he did his best to reach the people that was around him. He didn't want to go out of this world on his own. He didn't want to be the only one that was saved. Amen. But he knew that time was ending. Amen. And, and you could read that in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, but for the sake of time. Amen. I'm going to uh, skip over that. But they went in and there was a time where if folks had repented, they would have been able to enjoy salvation. But time was up. Genesis chapter 7 verse 16. They went in, went in male and female of all flesh as God had commanded him. And the Lord shut him in. Now, you might think that this was God's plan all along, but I'm submitting to you that that, that God wanted to save more than just Noah and his family. I, you, you can't convince me otherwise. Why would he take the time to save all these animals? He took the time to, to preserve their lives. And, and, and if those animals without soul, God would take the time, amen, to save and preserve why wouldn't he, amen, have saved anybody else? I'm telling you that if one person had repented, they would be on that boat. If anybody had obeyed the righteous preacher and said, yeah, what you're saying is right. It's going to be hard for a few years to live this way. But I make it up my mind. I'm going to redeem my time, amen, because I know that if I can get on the inside of that, that boat, then I will be saved. But the Lord shut him in, Noah, and protected him. Amen. I'll just stop one more time here and say that, amen, that being shut in with God is, is not a thing to uh, look down at. Amen. But if, if you are a part of the truth church or you're a part of an apostolic church, you you are shut in with God, that we are separated from this world, then there's a, a good reason for it. Because if, if the walls weren't there, if the, if the structure wasn't there, then where you would be is out on the waves of a tossing world. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want to be shut in. I want to be protected. I want to be safe. Hallelujah. What kind of regret was going through the minds of those people. Amen. As they, amen, went under again and again. Amen. As the waves of the, of the seas, amen, was throwing them underwater, Brother Albert. Amen. How many times did they try to just grasp one more breath? Amen. How many times, Sister Goff, did they try to buy just a few more moments? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Flood was 40 days upon the earth. Waters increased. Bear up the ark. And it was lifted up above the earth. I mean, above everybody else who was drowning in the waters of judgment. And the waters prevailed, the Bible says. Were increasingly great upon, uh, were increased greatly upon the earth. And the ark went upon the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth. And all the high hills and that were under the whole heaven were covered. Hallelujah. There's coming a day, church, and I just mentioned this a moment ago. 
In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13, Paul told us that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Jesus said in Mark chapter 13, verse 32, but of that day and that hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels which are in heaven. Neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed. And this is how you redeem the time. This is how you buy time. Watch and pray. For you know not when the time is. Verse 35, watch ye therefore. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. For ye know not when the master of the house cometh at even or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning. You don't know what time he's going to come back. You don't have any inkling of an idea. Amen. You can look around and see the signs of the time. Amen. But you don't know the moment, child of God. Amen. But you ought to watch and you ought to pray because there is coming a time. There will come the time. Amen. When he comes back. Lest suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Watch. How can we know? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. This know also. This is how you know that in the last days perilous times shall come. Verse 2. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters. As I go through this, think about, amen, the world that we're living in. Proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, Fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Amen. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and leave lead captives, captive, silly, laden with... Uh, silly women laden with sins led away with diverse lusts ever learning and never coming uh, able to come to the knowledge of the truth now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses so do these also resist the truth hallelujah and again harkens back to the days of Noah saying these are men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs, theirs also was. As Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, there is no need for me to tell you what time it is. He said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. I mean, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. As travail cometh upon the, with ch a, a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Amen. You hear the messages in denominal churches, amen, about how loving and how uh, caring God is and I believe it church I know that God loves and he cares otherwise he wouldn't have spilt amen his precious blood for us amen but when they preach amen such peace and safety amen you ought to be aware amen you ought to be warned amen because sudden destruction cometh upon them Hallelujah. Somebody hear me tonight. Amen. Don't be distracted. Don't be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Amen. Amen. But you ought to redeem the time with truth. Amen. With the Spirit of God. Watching. Oh, I, I feel like preaching right now. Amen. Watching and praying. Amen. Desperately and earnestly seeking God's face. 
way. It's going to be just like in the days of Noah. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Brother Kaiser, your best math and calculation is not going to give you the right day. Your best reading of prophecy and understanding of God's word is not going to reveal to you the time, Sister Sarah. You can't figure it out. It's not going to happen. Church, we're living by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. We're not just going through the motions. Amen. At every moment, Brother Andrew, that you spend in worshiping God, you're buying yourself more time with him. Every time, Brother Jaheem, amen, that you spend time in prayer, amen, worshiping God, amen, playing those drums to the glory of God, I'm telling you, you're redeeming time. You could be making the decision. To walk, amen, whatever way that you want. Do what seems right in your own eyes as it did in the book of Judges. But you're redeeming time. I mean, you're buying time. Hallelujah. I don't want to be around, amen, after the Lord comes to regret those things. When, when this church floats to the top of those living waters, I mean, carries us away into eternity. I don't want to be on this earth waiting for hell to take us away. I don't want to be thrown under the waters of judgment again. Oh, hallelujah. I don't, I don't know who this message is for. I didn't come here I mean, with a face in mind or a name in mind. I just came here to preach what the Lord put on my heart. Isaiah 38 and 1 tells about a man, Hezekiah, who was sick unto death. Isaiah the prophet said, and the son of Amos came unto him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. As soon as Hezekiah heard the words, set your house in order, I'm sure his mind began to flash over his memories of life. Time is up, Hezekiah. Isaiah chapter 38, verse 12. Mine age is departed and is removed from me. As a shepherd's tent. You could tell he's thinking about time. My age is departed. I have cut off like a weaver my life. He will cut me off with pining sickness. From day even to night wilt thou make an end of me. I reckon till morning that as a lion I will, so will he break all my bones. From day even to night wilt thou make an end of me. Thinking about perhaps even the regrets of things, poor decisions in his life. The sentiment of these statements seem, that, seem to me that he's regretting those days, some days. Thou wilt make an end of me. But before that, Hezekiah, the Bible says, turned his face toward the wall and prayed unto the Lord. And I'm here to submit to you 
that in doing so, King Hezekiah, Brother Larson, bought himself some more time. Isaiah chapter 38, verse 5. Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thy days 15 years. Wow. That's incredible. And verse 7 goes on to say, And this shall be a sign unto thee from the Lord that the Lord will do this thing that he has spoken. Behold, I will bring again the shadow of the degrees which is gone down in the sundial of Ahaz. Ten degrees backwards. So the sun, the Bible says, returned ten degrees. By which, the, by which degrees it was gone down. I'm telling you, the one who supersedes all of time. The one who is the giver of time heard a man by the name of Hezekiah in prayer and said, I'm going to turn the sun backward. I'm not just going to give you 15 years, but I want you to see that I have the power and the ability to do so. I, I have all control over time. And church, I know up until this point it's been a little slow. Amen. But I want, to, I want you to focus in on what the Lord did for Hezekiah. I want you to recognize the power that God holds in his hands. Amen. In the beginning, the Bible says in Genesis 1 and 1, God created the heaven and the earth. Revelation 21 and 6. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Revelation 22 verse 13. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Friend, if you want to purchase a little more time, Hallelujah. All you have to do is go to the one who is the giver of time. All you have to do is watch and pray. Lord, I know that time is up. And indeed it is up. I know that many of us in this room, as we think about it, I have absolute confidence that when we go to sleep tonight, we can wake up in the morning. Where do you get that confidence from? Who told you that tomorrow would come? He's the giver of life, the giver of time. And while some of us make it tomorrow, some of us may, may not. We don't know. It's an assumption that we make based on our experience. But there's one who supersedes all of time. Amen. Who, if tomorrow morning was your last moment, or tonight, then all you would have to do is go to him like Hezekiah. Turn your face to the wall and say, God, I need a little more time. Do you believe me? All you have to do is ask him. He'll give you that time. He'll give it to you. Hallelujah. Why don't we all stand together tonight? Isaiah 57 and 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth in eternity whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. You want to enter into that place of eternity? The way that you can inhabit that place is with contrition and humility of spirit. 
Trust Him. Believe Him. You know, if you listen to our podcast, Face the Truth, a couple of, then the previous two episodes, I'm not sure which of, uh, of which one pastor made this analogy, but he's made it before in the pulpit. Eternity is God's home. And just as easily as you pass from one room to the next in your home, God can pass from the future into the present, from the present into the past. That's why it's so easy, Brother Miguel, for him to go back and clean out some stuff. We can spend a lifetime, Brother Larson, trying to make things right, trying to fix things, but God can just go and in a moment. Time is irrelevant to God. He holds all of time in His hands. Acts 17 and 30, the Bible says, at the times of this ignorance, God winked at. But now, now is the time that God commands all men everywhere to repent. There was a point in time where man simply had to make ritualistic sacrifice to sin, uh, for their sin, to, to push it ahead on an annual basis. They would provide a lamb spotless without blemish whose blood would shed and when shed would cover their sin for a year. But the next year they had to do it again. Galatians 4 and 4 tells us, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. Those who were religiously, ceremonially, just going through the motions, making offering and sacrifice. God sent forth His Son to redeem them. That we might receive the adoption of sons. Jesus became that lamb, that spotless sacrifice, without blemish, whose perfect and precious blood covers all of our sins who purchases us an eternity with him all the time that you'll ever need I don't know about you but going through life I feel like I don't have enough time just don't have enough time to get everything done that I am responsible for But there's going to come a day when time is no more. And because of our redeeming Savior, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who holds all of time in His hands, He bought eternity for us. I mean, you couldn't do it on your own, church. You couldn't go there on your own. I mean, spend your time here so that you can spend your time there. Oh, somebody hear me tonight. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. In a parable, Jesus shared with us, and I'm closing here, man called ten of his servants and delivered them ten pounds and he said unto them occupy until I come that word occupy in this verse appears once in the Bible and means to carry on business this is how you can redeem time watch and pray could also occupy carry on the business of the king I have many times heard that This word is a military term, and while that may be, it is most certainly a business term. At my job, hours are determined, are evaluated in one of two categories. They're either billable or non-billable. 
And obviously, as you can tell by the term, some of those hours are worth more than others. And so, I'm interested. I want to occupy my time with as many billable hours as I can. Whereas, I want to reduce the number of non-billable hours. And that's all I'm telling this church tonight and anybody listening. Not in the secular sense of billable and non-billable hours, but in the spiritual sense of hours spent occupying and doing the business of the king. Let's not just let those moments pass by. Let's not just let the weeks pass by. We've got enough regrets as it is. I do. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3 verse 13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, I'm going to forget the things that are behind and reach forth into the things which are before. And I'm not just going to forget and reach, but I'm pressing. I'm occupying. I'm spending my time wisely, circumspectly walking before the Lord toward a mark, toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The word press literally means to run. Make haste. Lot, stop lingering in Sodom and Gomorrah. But make haste. Hasten yourself. Press towards the mark. It means to run or flee, to put to flight, drive away, to run swiftly in order to catch a person or thing to run after in any way whatever it's it's the same word that was translated in Matthew chapter 5 blessed are they which are persecuted the word persecuted is the same word that is translated as press I want you with as much fervor as the enemy pursues you I want you to pursue the will of God with as much tenacity and, 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 and strength and fervor as the enemy comes after you, Brother Goff, when you're at home sick and you feel the enemy hot on your back. You just turn that right around and say, devil, I'm pressing towards a mark. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You can persecute me all you want, devil. Those people at work can say anything that they want. That's only going to put fire in myself. I'm going to just burn hotter and brighter for God. I'm going to buy my time. I'm not wasting this time. I mean, this is only I mean, an encouragement. You can persecute me. You can say whatever you want to. I mean, that strikes me as the sentiment that Jesus is trying to convey in this passage of Scripture. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Because if they press, Sister Desiree, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you. Again, that's the same word. And shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they, the prophets, which were before you. We ought to pursue the prize as vehemently as those who persecute the church. 
Amen. I'm closing. If you want to come to the front, up to you. Not, not, it's completely up to you. Psalmist said, I would rather dwell in the house of the Lord in Psalms chapter 84, verse 10, for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Psalm chapter 23 and 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Church, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Let's redeem the time. Woo. Redeem the time, for the days are evil. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Redeeming your time. Come on, let's talk to the Lord, if you will. Jesus, we need you, Savior. I don't want to waste time. God, I don't want my time to be spent on foolish things. But God, I want you to have your way. I want to yield my mind and my spirit to you completely. I want you, God, to take full control over my life. God, I want your will to be accomplished. Somebody run into the camp. Somebody run into the camp and tell everybody to get ready. Come on, don't waste the time. Redeem the time. Buy the time. Hallelujah. Come on, walk circumspectly. Come on, walk wisely. Walk in wisdom. Let the Word of God lead you. Let the Word of God direct you. God, order my steps in your way. I want to walk perfectly. I know, God, that in my own strength, by my own ability, God, I'll fail miserably. But if I could have your Spirit, if you would lead me, if you would speak to me, if you would guide me,